What do you mean, like a paw problem or something? I don't know, some sort of issue. Friends, our little um, studio house cat, Mousy, might have a medical issue. Yep. So we're starting that day on a somber note. I don't, I don't know what we'll to say a somber note, but you know, we'll figure well, out what's wrong with them. It's rainy. That's not what's wrong with <laughs> Hey, welcome to, to the, the Why Are You Famous podcast that's right. with me, Ellen Cherry, and me, Andrew Grimm. Good morning, Mr. Grimm. Good morning, Miss Cherry. Been working on my enemies list. Yeah, I, I know. Been working on it, filling I've, it I've up. I've been hearing all about it. <laughs> filling I'm it really up. excited. Filling it up. You can you can hear the joy and excitement in my voice. You can see it in your face. Wow. Barely, because it's covered with hair. Well, that's because I got a beard. I saw a picture of us last night where you only had like a quarter of that much facial hair from... 13 years ago. Oh my Is that 13 God. Is that 13 years ago? 2005 wow. is when we did that Yeah, tour. that was March of 2005. And for some reason I had dyed black hair. Yeah, you were all goth girl. Not really. You, you, yeah, you had a white rat on your shoulder. And <laughs> you had pancake makeup on. There's a picture of us outside of a barbecue joint in Birmingham. Ah, Dreamland Barbecue. And I was for some reason inexplicably a vegetarian for those yeah, couple of years. that was a bad move. I know. Really bad move. And from Texas. A I vegetarian know. from Texas. What? It's just sacrilege. Um, so I, and I was looking at that picture because mm. I was going through some old photos last night and reliving the past. Reliving the, I love to live in the past. That's oh, what I, I know. It's, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a playground. <laughs> it's a veritable playground. That's why wonder. I'm in a program, man. I'm in a program to start living in the present. So I'm in the program. I'm living in the present, but it's nice to think about the past because I have pleasant mm. memories of that tour and we're going on tour again. Yes. In March. In a few, a matter of weeks. 13 years later. Yes. Finally, we're, tour. we're touring again. No, we tour together like once a year. Mm, something like that. Something yeah. like that, except for when I was all messed up because of the car wreck. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like me, me, me all the time. Oh, God. Uh, how, how I hurt my shoulder and I was blah, hit by blah, a drunk blah. driver at 100 miles an hour. So I sad. have PTSD. Please, uh, please, sister, tell me uh, what, what would the D stand for? Please, sister. Well, P T S D. You're skipping. Please, the sister. Oh, P, oh, you're oh right. please tell sister. Post traumatic. Oh, please tell sister. No, whatever. Let's not, it doesn't let's not make fun of it because it's know. kind of a serious condition. <laughs> it is a serious condition. Absolutely. Anyway, in this picture, I was noticing last night. I was like, man, I I miss those boots. I miss that whole outfit. I don't have that outfit anymore. But. I should have been wearing a bra. That shirt really requires a bra. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Oh no, pastel and cherry. But I've learned my lesson and now I am, you know. You're wearing a bra all the time. I wear a bra all the time now. <laughs> <laughs> so we can make progress in our we lives. We can. We certainly can. Small steps. Yep, small steps. Small steps and small and, and, and bras stuff. Lots of bras. Small so, steps, lots of bras <laughs> and some boots. And less facial hair. Yes. I think you should shave for this time. I am not shaving until that dipshit is out of the office. What? We got to wait that long This to is see my protest face? beard. It's my protest beard. <laughs> I started growing it on November 8th. Really? Mm -hmm. It should be longer. You've been trimming it. I've been trimming it, of course. Yeah, for oh the my, ladies. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've been trimming it for the ladies because, yeah. gentlemen, uh, let's be honest. Uh, I, I love all, like, I love all kinds of faces. Male, female, everywhere in between, and facial hair. I've got some definitely on coming down the pike towards my own face, so I'm never gonna denigrate it. But like sometimes the unkempt, my personal opinion mm -hmm. is that a neatly trimmed beard mm -hmm. of moderate length mm -hmm. 
is better right. than the scraggly looking scraggly hobo beard nasty looking has food in it and like and also like when your mustache is covering your lips like a crazy eyebrow thing going on then it's too long you need to like spend some time with it <laughs> spend some time with it yeah like some little scissors little scissors yeah so you're doing good it looks good well thank you i've been working hard on it okay so speaking of how amazing you look today uh, yes, yes self-worth yes. self-worth let me tell you what is our topic <clears throat> yeah what does that mean self-worth what is it I, I looked it up. Did I you really? Up. You yeah. didn't. I looked up the you word self-worth. Why? We, because well, you have a thousand self-help books anyhow at your house. Not a thousand. I probably say they're, 12. Well, they're all like self-help sex books. <laughs> you know, the female orgasm and then like, you know, the female the, female orgasm. The title orgasm of that book is I Heart Female Orgasm. Right. <laughs> I'm just interested in the topic. It's no big shakes. When you're interested in something, you study it. You study it, man. You get into it. You are like, I'm into that topic. So you, I want to learn about it. It's cool. People have studied it. Can you imagine getting your PhD in that? Like how much fun that would be? I, I suppose. I don't know. I don't have a thousand books about that. I just have like... 998. 15. 15, yeah. Um, so I looked it up. The definition of self-worth. Self-worth. Uh-huh. Self-worth. Includes the words self-esteem and self-respect. Ooh. So respect for self. How about that? Yeah. Hmm. So I thought it was a really interesting topic to start, to talk about. It didn't inspire me to... I think my one of my issues with writing these essays and bringing them to the table <laughs> is that I tend to write them just about the topic and not necessarily on the topic as it relates to fame or famousness. Well, and I've kind of shifted my way from talking about how the topic relates to fame to just talking about the topic because it's the conversation. I just said that. I know. Well, <laughs> but I went, I started off by always doing the fame thing. Yeah. And now I'm kind of shifting away from that because it's... It's uh, good. We can shift away from Well, that. they're also shorter essays then. Yeah. And it's not because I'm lazy. It's because it's like, well, I'm trying to be succinct and... It, it, it writing about fame and then that thing is could it be because also oh wait i cut you off sorry no that's okay i was about I'm, to I'm, woman-splain something I'm, I'm used to it go ahead could it be that the topic has become base-plain <laughs> <laughs> i'm base-plaining it to you bae um could it be that the topic has become that uninteresting to us now that we've discussed it for several episodes and I thought am, about it i am thoroughly not interested in fame at all yeah I am, I'm and it goes back out. to our original premise that I am not interested in, in it and you think it's irrelevant. I think it's irrelevant. Yeah. Yes. My, my original hypothesis is actually ringing pretty true. Yeah. So like that's kind of interesting that we are naturally getting to the point where we want to just talk more about like things that we're interested in. And... Right. The, the female orgasm. <laughs> yes. Who isn't? <laughs> um, well, I had a conversation last night with Andy Bopp about... The female orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. He, he had many points about this whole thing. All the scene. girls, all the girls I get together when we're when we're singing into our hairbrushes at night and during oh, our summer happens? parties, we are totally like, I hope the guys are talking about this too. Yeah, I don't. So I'm pleased to know that you guys are discussing yeah, it. Yeah, the mysteries. Well, we were talking about we're talking about um, self worth and not self worth, I guess necessarily as much, but we we're talking about like. You know, it's one of the many conversations that we've had about, well, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing next year? Like, what what is it going to look like? Or yeah. like, you know, he's going to put out, he's just going to put out a couple singles next year. And all he did out this year was put out two singles. He put out that Running Up the Hill and um, Running and Up the Hill. And he got radio play for it. 
Yeah, he, he got the local play, and then also Shadow, which you know we featured here on our podcast, which is probably what helped bump him up in the in the in the rankings at WTMD. I love how um, supporting all these other musicians totally benefits me. Not at all. <laughs> well, that that I do it that betrays the... your altruistic nature. Yes, it does betray it. Yes. Portrays it, not betrays yes. it. Yes. Um, it turns you into a, like a Darth Nader. Um, <laughs> I am Darth Nader. Uh, so the oh, um, Ralph. Oh Ralph, we hardly knew ye. Um, but I was thinking, like we, when we're talking about it, it's kind of like it's almost. It's not like exactly like we're trying to convince ourselves that hey, keep going. But there's this kind of like rallying cry of yeah. independent loser musicians who are just, you know, and I, I say loser just in terms of self-deprecation or whatever. But, yeah. it, you know, because it's just like, well, you know, I don't know. Uh, every album's a comeback album. Every show's a reunion show. It's like, I don't, you know, I I don't I don't know how long this is going to last or how long I can sustain, you know, my lavish lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> my, my condor egg omelets I eat every day. Yeah, my my platinum plated cats. I just got them new fronts. They're so awesome. Nice. Yeah, diamond diamond studded here. Migs, do you want to jump over? He's thinking. Uh, no, don't. Oh, he wants my scarf. He's being conservative. Don't get him a scarf, man. Yeah, no, that's all good. Um. So anyhow, uh, self worth. Do you, do you have any self worth, Alan Cherry? Do you respect yourself? Hmm. Um, I am working on it. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You're working on it. Because I think outwardly, it probably appears that I do because I, you know, I, I bathe, I dress myself. Uh-huh. I, um, you I, don't, you don't wear pajamas to the grocery store. I don't. I comport my face in a friendly manner when, um, I see people on the street. Mm-hmm. Hi, Mick. He's on the table. Yep. Hey. He's here checking it all out. Um, so I feel like I do have self-respect that way. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of it extending to... Oh, you should pet him. He's so fluffy right now. He is fluffy. Oh, my goodness. In terms of how it extends to my artistic practice, I definitely feel like I have not been f- respecting myself there hmm. as much as I want You've to. You've been selling out? No, I just haven't been dedicating time to sure, it. You sure, know, Like, I haven't been dedicating the amount of energy and time that really I deserve to do that, primarily because it... It makes me feel really happy and makes me, it's a, you know, it's one of those like, it's just like swimming for me when I um, sing a note correctly and um, and find a great lyric. It's one of those things where I'm just like, I, it's very powerful. Sure. So um, I definitely am on a path, I think, specifically now to investigate like the reasons why that has been for the last couple of years that mm-hmm. I haven't respected that you know and allowed allotted enough time and energy and and personal resources towards it and that fills me with like not excitement but just like more confidence you know just like wow this is what it feels like to actually be like no this is to be protected and Mm -hmm. at all costs in a way that i felt really um probably not for about 10 years right right so and you know working together has been part of that what too other people besides you? I'm taking, oh. I'm taking a, p- a picture of you. Oh, me and the cat? Yeah. Me and old Mig. Mig, smile for the camera. Okay. Anyway, back to us. Uh-huh. Don't stop talking. No, I, of course I will not stop talking. That, uh, a picture was taken in that dead silence there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so what about you? Do you have self-worth? I totally do. Um, I, I'm, and I'm proud of my self-worth. Um, 
I'm just blowing all the cat hair your way. <laughs> Thank you. Away from my coffee cup. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, don't. Don't throw well, it Actually, I was throwing cat hair. It was amazing. Anyhow, um, yeah, no, I totally have self-worth. Like, uh, I've been thinking about, you know, I mean, the shows that I, I choose to, mm-hmm. to, to, to book, um, the... You know the 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 fact that you you keep going back and writing records and and writing songs and it's like okay these are the choices that I'm making and um and committing to you know the plan I've created and I've executed yeah um those are always that's always about self worth and then then at the same time it's like you know how you handle criticism and which yeah. you know you and I do not really get a whole lot of the criticism that we get is the non criticism silence yeah the silence and it's like okay well it's pretty loud it's pretty loud criticism yeah i I, it was funny i had a i had a i had a conversation in my conversation with andy last night about that we were talking about you know i was trying to i'm trying to arrange some details and stuff and i haven't uh, about some things coming up and i haven't heard anything back yeah and i'm uh, I'm just like well you know what screw it i'm i'm you know what i've i've gotten it's not that i'm on a level where like people should be calling me but i'm I'm just tired of non-response. So I'm yeah. like, if I don't hear anything back, I send, I'll send a follow-up message because that's protocol and courtesy and all this other stuff. Yeah. It's like, hey, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I'm trying to do X, Y, Z, and I'll give them another day or two. And after that, I'm like, ah, okay, screw you. I'm going to move on. Yeah. And you're dead to me. And, you know, I had some... some. That's kind of the principle. Like, he's just not that into you. You you know what? You're not interested. Yeah. Like the the record, and people um, are like, "No, I'm so busy," but really, they're they're not busy for the things that busy. they're interested in. Mm, no, no, you know, and 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 I'm okay with that. Like if you yeah. listen, if you listen to my record and you don't think it's it, it doesn't, you're like, "Wow, that's really good." Yeah, and you don't want to deal with it. Okay, that's good. I mean, it would be nice if you sent me an email saying I sucked. Yeah. Or you're not interested, or you don't think it's a good fit. That would be nice. Yeah. But the non-response is like, okay, you just didn't you didn't dig it. And, and, there's and we don't a way, have a relationship. Well, there's a way to reject somebody without like a nice rejection. I've gotten yeah. like two rejection letters over the last year. One for a teaching job that was like the nicest rejection letter. Like I had done the job one year and they were like, we're not going to ask you back for the next year. But it was like, it, it's just not a good fit. And I was mm-hmm. like, I agree with you. Like totally. <laughs> but I wrote back to the administrator and was just like, thanks for this really nice note and I appreciate the opportunity that we had together but I appreciate also your honesty so that was really nice and then I got mm-hmm. um I auditioned for a band um a couple weeks ago a big band and I didn't get it because I don't I don't sing the way that they need right. and the way that he phrased it was exactly like that he was just like you have a lovely voice I think you're a great person I love your cd but it's mm-hmm. not what I'm looking for right, right. and it, it was so nicely worded that I was just like oh yeah I, you know, I feel the same way, but I'm glad that you said it because then that way I don't have any guilt about like, I, I think it would take a lot of work to make me work with your outfit. So like, it's, I don't know. I, but yeah, hearing back from somebody about the no is totally fine. Everybody is listening. It's okay to say no. Totally cool. Yeah. Hey, it's so funny. What does your hat say? U-S-C-S-S. Nostromo. Nostromo. Yes. One eight zero two eight six. What does that mean? Ah, what does that mean? Because when I looked at your hat, I thought it said "just curious," which I think would make a hilarious baseball cap. It just said like "just curious." Just curious. Yeah. Uh, no, this is uh this is the hat from the Alien movie from nineteen seventy eight seventy nine. Is that the their Sigourney ship? Weaver. Yeah, the Nostromo is the ship. 
And this was the hat that was worn by Harry Dean Stanton, who was engineer Brett. Yeah. Who is becomes the first victim. Yeah. Well, Oof. the second victim of the alien. It was just indigestion. It, yeah. He just ate some bad clams. Some bad. It's always bad clams. <laughs> and it exploded out through his chest. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. He just died this year. I know. Oh. Well, that was last year. That was 2017 he died. Oh, I don't shit. think he did, he did. Did he die in 2018? No. He, no, it was 2017. Because 2018 is yeah. relatively new. So relatively far. new. We haven't had anything really, really awful happen yet. <laughs> We just had one awful thing continuing from 2017, 2016. Yeah, actually. It's not like anything awful is happening. It's just like the awful things from the last year have taken, have yeah. carried over. Yeah. Wow. Plus, everybody wash your hands a lot because it seems like flu is rump- ripping. Yeah, H2N3. Whoa, whoa. What, what in the house? It's coming not in the house. Not in the house. It doesn't ask. It takes. <laughs> so should we listen Represent. to some, should we listen to some essays? Sure. Okay. We're going to listen to yours first. Oh, okay. Great. I think. Oh. Not really. Not really. I'm not. The one that we did about family ties, I was super confident. And, and the last two have been a little bit like, but you know, it's up to you. You listen to it. See what you think. Okay. We'll find out. Okay. The name of my record label is Wrong Size Shoes. And it was inspired by a lyric recited to me by a writing partner I had when I lived in New Orleans. He said it was one of his favorite lyrics. And it was something along the lines of, This love hurts like shoes that don't fit. To honor my label, each time I've put out an album, I've bought myself, and usually, if I can afford it, everyone who has helped on the album, a pair of really nice shoes. Each pair that I have reminds me of the music that I wrote, the time in the recording studio with my friends, and the magic we attempted and sometimes succeeded at creating. I often find that I'm smiling when I wear these particular shoes. For many years, I carefully planned my performance outfits, experimenting with all-white suits or a sequined antique blouse that I had found at a thrift shop. I remember thinking that it was a way I could show how much I respected my audience. I made a real effort to look special because the performance was special. Before 2008, I spent much more time than I do now thinking about what I was wearing when I was on stage because that year there was a significant shift for me in how I felt about performing. I was on tour through Texas, and for some strange reason, had started to feel a creeping and dangerous performance anxiety before my shows. It was my longest solo tour to date. I was on the road for almost six weeks by myself. I was tired, and I felt very far away from my adopted home in Baltimore. I remember having some really great shows and meeting other musicians and making connections like I usually did on the road, but there were also long, lonely drives by myself and plenty of time to ruminate on how little money I was making and how few people were actually at the shows I had booked. I had started to feel a real hopelessness about the choice I had made to be a full-time musician. So I found myself in Austin, stopping in to see a friend who has a store that features Texas artists, and I was waiting for her to take a break so we could chat. I was by the cash register and looking through the glass counter when I saw an antique key with a brass chain, and on a whim, I bought it. At my gig that night, I wore it for the first time and didn't feel nervous. Now, I know it's likely that it was not the key that mitigated the stage fright, but the next night at my next gig, I wore the key again, and I felt better again, and soon after, it became a ritual for me. Getting ready to perform meant putting on my key necklace. It was only then that I felt I had put the final touches on myself and was ready to present my songs to the audience, and I've worn a key in performance ever since. It may seem like such a minor thing, 
But that ritual started to become clearly defined to me that year in 2008, because it was also the year that I stopped performing my music with electric guitar and started focusing more on what my voice and an acoustic sound could produce for me and for my songwriting. I could feel that I was slowly releasing my grasp on styles and sounds that were simply emulations of music and musicians I admired, so that there would be space to hear my own sound, even if that sound might never lead to any bigger audiences or more money than that tour had provided. I think it was the first year that I started to get serious about music and stopped letting my writing process be such a mystery to myself. I think it was the first year that I started to respect what I had built so far and to understand the ambitions I had and the discipline and sometimes the loneliness and solitude it would require for me to realize those ambitions. I know it wasn't the key necklace itself that unlocked and opened the door to this respect of my own ideas, but I keep wearing it to remind me of the person who first put it around my neck. There's a long piano track at the end, which we can sort of just enjoy. Okay, yes. Long. Shh, shh, shh. And you can... <laughs> I'm not... Hold on. I'm enjoying it. Okay, good. Just kind of... It, okay. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. And we're out. Uh, I'm never out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well. I'm learning. I'm learning more and more about you. <laughs> yeah, well, what are you going to do about it? Nothing. <laughs> Chicks. Um, so, okay, good essay. Thanks. Yeah, I always wondered where the key came from. Yeah. I, I knew that, I didn't know the story behind it. Yeah, that's the story behind the key. And so it's a, it's it's not a key, it's a, it's like a talisman. Yes, I suppose that is From probably. Middle Earth. <laughs> Some hairy knuckled hobbit. One ring yeah. to bind them. <laughs> and in the darkness the bind them. To buy them and yeah. <laughs> yes. Right on. Very cool. Thanks. So, well, and and I don't think people know this about you. Um, I, I knew about the show anxiety thing because you had talked about it before. And you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of get a little nervous before. I'm like, what do you think? Because your shows are your in-between song banter and all that other stuff is very fluid. And you seem very comfortable up there, even, you know, even when, you know, you might say an awkward thing or two. It has been known to happen. <laughs> But it, even then, like, you know, you, you kind of get into your performance and it's always good. So, yeah, I, I think that's kind of surprising to, to understand, like, oh, she's a, she has a little bit of stage fright going on. But but the every key, time, every time it's yeah. just crazy. But the, yeah. but the key seems to, I don't know, balance you or whatever, or, or unlock the real you or I don't know how else I'm going to go with that. But, <laughs> you know, what, yeah. hap what happens if you forget the key? It's happened before. You have to call call pop and lock. <laughs> pop and lock. I have to pop and lock. Yeah. Wow. wow. Before the performance. I, um, I actually stopped wearing that key because it was a really sort of, it was like an antique desk key and it was a little bit bigger and I found a, a series of other ones and then I wear smaller keys now. I, I thought it might be like leaving a green stain on your, <laughs> on your clothes. It changed color. It, it changed I'm sure it over time for sure. Um, I don't know. It just became like... I'm sort of slow to understand. I'm sort of a slow yeah. learner uh -huh. to telescope telescope out of situations. And so like to see that my past self um was giving my future self a way to really just like meditate for the before the show. Sure. Basically to say, 
okay, I have all my gear packed. I have this ready to go. I'm ready to step on stage or I've, you know, um, I feel it just is a little boost of confidence. And so now I have like, I just always travel, like keep one in my backpack, keep one in my purse, keep one in my, you know, like these key necklaces so that if I happen to forget it when I'm packing makeup or whatever, it's there. Um, cause it just, it helps me. And then I started to talk about it after like 2010, I started to talk about it and featured in the artwork on the cover of albums. And Mm -hmm. it's such a nice metaphor, the key and unlocking things. And, um, and I don't know, I just, I sort of liked it. Yeah. I, I wear a key. I wear a little lock. So you're not getting in here. I'm closed up. Yours like a chastity belt. It is more than you know. Anyway. Anyhow, whatever. But no, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, so I like. Yeah. Do you think it relates to the topic of self-respect? Sure, of course. Yeah. Because well, because it's part of the um, um, like when you when you link it to confidence and, and self-esteem. Yeah. Because that's the hardest part of performing. I think it, I mean, you can practice and practice and practice and that's fine. But if you don't feel like you're worth anything or if you don't feel like your words are worth anything or you don't feel like your, you know, your contribution is yeah. worth anything, then, you know, you're not going to do it. And in addition to doing something that is um, vulnerable and that shift oh, yeah. mm. from for me personally to shift from covering up my strongest asset, which was my singing voice, to revealing it in a you know a little bit more of a, a naked way was right. well, that's why I, I unbutton more of my top buttons now when I because you want to be more vulnerable I, you know I'm just I'm just airing out the goods <laughs> just curious <laughs> just curious just curious <laughs> just curious what's in this egg ah <laughs> so yeah. um in the when I was writing this essay yesterday I was thinking about well how does it relate to fame and I threw in this line not through but I placed this line in there that I did actually realize with that, this album that I put out in 2008 called Heart Heart Like a Lion that I definitely was trying to emulate something. And and that's okay because I think that that's a period of exploration that a lot of musicians go through, a lot of artists go through where you're Mm -hmm. studying the masters um, or whatever your masters are in your art form that you're studying and emulating. And then all of a sudden you have this breakaway into your own style. And it was very much demarcated by that year, that album, playing a, a big show where I didn't have a drummer and realizing the power of my voice. And so it was this huge shift. And I also was very cognizant of the fact that like I had been pursuing something that I thought was going to make me famous, right. you know, like a certain sound and then to sort of abandon it, not even like abandon it. Like I'm just discarding it. It was like the slow stepping away from that mm-hmm. into realizing like, Oh, this is actually more valuable to me. Right. Fame and adulation for for doing something that somebody else has already done is not interesting to me mm-hmm. and not exciting and not worth pursuing. And it definitely like I was on a different path at that point. And sure. that was all centered around that tour and that that year. So yeah. maybe maybe you were just trying to find the right key to unlock yes. your potential. Or the right key to sing in. <laughs> or Correct. yes, yeah, all yeah. those things. All those things. Yeah. But that's I think that's really essential to the to the whole idea of like um uh, what <clears throat> Joseph Campbell called the anxiety of influence that when we emulate those types of things or we we pursue that you know we have to have a starting point yeah we don't come out you know as rough geniuses you know we we start off by stealing from those people that we we really like borrowing 
Yeah, I, I'm okay with stealing. Stealing. Well, because borrowing indicates you're going to give it back to them at some point. And that's that, true. That's sure as shit not going to happen. You're absorbing it. You're assimilating it. You're yeah. uh, appropriating it. However you want to look at it. And you make it your own. And, and by making the process of making it own, it's like, well, it goes from it goes from stealing to paying homage. Yeah. You know? You need... <laughs> Oh, no. Don't go there. Let's listen to your essay. Wow. You see how quickly she turned, ladies and gentlemen? I did. Man, she was all, like, happy and smart. You know, I, don't I, know, wanna... wi- I know women. You and know... I know women like to smile. <laughs> love. They love <laughs> to laugh. I have a pretty good resting bitch face, and I'm proud of my RBF. I don't know if it's always resting. It's not. Ooh! It's active. Snap. Whoa, I just totally sorry. Sorry. I actively bitch bitch face. It's a verb now. Oh, I bitch faced her. (laughs) I'm taking that word, man. That Mm. word is mine. Okay. I'm I'm still waiting for my pair of shoes. Work on an album with me. Ah, the first years I worked on that record with you. Did uh-huh. you? You recorded on? <gasps> you did. Oh, shit. I owe you a pair of shoes. Oh, shit. Damn. That was, and that was our first tour. We were just talking about our first tour in March of 2005. Oh, oh yeah. That's all right. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. I'll dig through because I probably bought you the shoes and they've just been sitting there for 13 years. Hopefully your feet haven't changed size. Uh, my feet are the same size. What size shoes do you wear? Uh, Between 11 and 12. Depends on the shoe. Okay, between an 11 and a 12. Yeah. Men okay. or women's. <laughs> Clever. <laughs> Clever. I'm not talking to you anymore. <laughs> I wear an 8 in men's. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess in, in women's, it would be like a 14 or 15. 11 or 12. Okay. Got it. All right. All right. Here comes my essay. Wee. search on the internet for the worth of the human body brings a wide range of search results. Some studies put the value at $4.5 million, while other sites suggest a lowly sum of $300,000. Of course, these are 2015 prices on the black market and may be subject to change based on socioeconomic factors. Anything is only worth what people are willing to pay, or what price you are willing to accept. One website broke down the approximate black market transplant pricing in a colorful anatomical chart, pricing the heart as the most expensive at $500,000. And at the lower end of the spectrum, a pint of blood could fetch a cool $300. Which means there's red gold flowing through our bodies, pumped by a platinum-plated engine. Holla. However, take a step back from this deal. The indication is that someone can sell a patch of skin, a couple pints of blood, a kidney, and a cornea, but these parts are either expendable or come in pairs. In other words, you might miss them, but you'll survive. But selling your heart or your liver or your skeleton suggests that you will not be able to personally enjoy the financial windfall of your donations. Scrolling farther down my research page, I came across a second chart titled 
Body parts sold as exhibits. Sadly, a hand is only worth $185 and a sliver of a human head, a paltry $1,500. Ugh. I guess the difference is in the purpose for selling the part. Transplants attempt to extend the longevity and improve the quality of someone's life, while exhibits display fractured, excised pieces of abused or abnormal body parts, speaking in tribute to bad habits and bad decisions. In many ways, we communicate with each other in transplanting terms. I'm giving you my heart, or let me give you a piece of my mind. Depending on the situation and the relationship, these types of emotional donations strengthen and extend the relationship with mutual admiration and respect. Some, however, just become sad trophies for private viewing at the Museum of Lonely Hearts and Sad Bastards. I know, I know, I know. That's pretty bad. But I think that's part of the point. When we think about what we are worth and what we are willing to sell, it becomes a matter of risk and vulnerability. Giving up a pint of blood has minimal risk. Pulling out your heart is the maximum. Handing your emotional heart to someone runs great risks dependent on the nature of the person other than yourself. Allowing such access is the very essence of vulnerability. You either wake up in their arms or you wake up in a bathtub filled with ice and instructions to call 911. Sehr, sehr interessant. Mm-hmm. Sehr interessant. Yes, yes, yes. I like your take on it. Well, thank I you. like your take on the the worthiness of the body, the worthiness of, um, the like, and tagging it with a fine, like, a, such a modern and American <laughs> religious concept as the value of it in yeah. terms of money. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. It, the, when you first started talking about it, the first thing that popped into my mind was it was some Latin American or South American country where this young woman was selling her virginity. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard about that. And like she was raising money for charity or yeah, something like that. I was outbidded. <laughs> and it's just like one of those things where you think like there's a part of me that's just like that is her right sure. her to do that. That's Absolutely. her body. And if she wants to do that and she's an adult you know, like, right. I don't, I don't necessarily think that I would feel good about that for somebody under the age of 18 or even 20 or 21 doing that. But women do mature faster. And so she, and she might have been emotionally mature enough to understand that that was what she wanted to do. Sure. Um, and sure. the fact that I'm, if I'm not misremembering, it was like she was making a charitable donation or actually protesting something. Anyway, I have to look it up, um, mm. but I'm not that interested, so I won't. Um, <laughs> but just the idea of selling something intimate and vulnerable like that um, and and seeing like what other what the market value of that was in your community. Right, right. Um, and the idea that our bodies can be. Yeah, I mean, like you took it to the literal Mm-hmm. extreme self-worth the worth of the self and we could spend a whole other podcast talking about the emotional right. aspect of that like well, how do you determine your self-worth in terms of like what you're emotionally giving away sure um which of course you know time is money yeah you know and that's the the whole the whole 
when I started planning out the, the, the essay and thinking about the topic and then trying to kind of figure it out. I you did, were kind of giddy with excitement about your idea a couple of days ago when I, I saw I, you. You were like, he, 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 it's going to be good. I thought, I thought it was a really good idea. And, yeah, it is a good idea. And looking it up and, and, and then like, you know, kind of reading some of those things and um, trying to relate it back to the, to the fame type of thing. I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go back to the art and commerce thing because, you know, after after eviscerating Kesha, um, I really was kind of like, ah, you know, I'm just going to... I'm just going to lay off famous people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull back on this one. I'm going to chillax a little bit if I can use the parlance of, of 19... Or was it 2006, I think, is when chillax came out. When, when did the first Twilight movie come out? Your Twilight Girl. I am not <laughs> a Twilight Girl, and you should not be spread, spreading that vicious rumor. <laughs> okay. Twilight is like... She's on Team Edward. No, I'm on Team Buffy, man. Uh. Buffy forever, because Buffy's... The vampire story is about a girl, like, being powerful and ambitious and saving the world, and Twilight is about finding a boyfriend. (laughs) Finding a boyfriend. Oh, my God, no. I don't know when that stupid movie came out. I've never seen any of them. (laughs) I will hopefully never see any of them. Okay. Unless I get pulled into some kind of torture chamber and they're like hmm what can we use to torture ellen cherry hmm, twilight let's uh, clockwork orange open her eyes and make her watch that trope whoa is the trope the right word yeah, more, more probably more like tripe 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 pig intestines Ew, yeah tripe that's what i meant yeah. okay um so well the but the the idea was um so yeah you just want to chillax about Kesha. yeah about 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 the about the, the fame stuff and and or the the art conversing because it's kind of like the it's almost i mean you can make it draw a straight line to it but the thing i thought was really interesting was that the 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 price for the transplant was so high because it meant so much to an individual person. Yeah. Whereas the exhibit was kind of like the public display of the organ of 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 the organ or of a freakishness part of nature or something that just wow I can't believe that's that is that real is that something true you know yeah and which kind of like for me always feels like the display of pop music or the display of like you know it's a public spectacle. Yeah. Rather than life giving or whatever. But I think I had a hard time. Nice. Reckon- That's a nice actual relationship between. I like the relating that you did between those two things. Yeah. Well, and I was having a hard time reconciling. Like what, what art is nourishing versus sure. what is just spectacle. But the but the thing like uh, the comparison, the, the, the trouble with that argument kind of always comes back to the idea of. Um, uh, I had a conversation many years ago with a, with a friend of mine about bad music and bad art. And I think I had said something along the lines of like, you know, well, such and such person should never be allowed. They should be barred from a recording studio. Just just stop it. And and he said he said, well, oh, wait, you have other friends. I, I thought you were talking about a conversation with me. No, sadly. I thought he, OK, anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I do have other friends. I'm sure. What? Uh-huh. Um, and uh, stop that right now. And he said, OK, I'll call up and cancel them all. Um, and uh, the. The the response was well, bad music is like bad sex. It might be bad, but it's real to the people who are doing it. Yeah. And I was like, ah, okay, well that's a fair argument, but yeah. it doesn't change the fact that I think that they shouldn't be allowed in a recording studio. <laughs> you know, because the difference is is that recording studio is there to make it public. 
and they're they're having bad sex in their private hopefully yeah in their private area you know in like a bedroom or something or something closed off or plus like also you have the autonomy for stopping that experience like you could be like i don't want to hear this music anymore or participate right. in this bad sex right right so but that, that was kind of like and i was having a hard time reconciling that yeah. between those two things so that's why i, I went the, the route that I, I i did but i think it's really you know, it, it brings you back to the idea of a, of a relationship as well. Like our relationship with, with music and our relationship with artists and our relationship with, um, as an artist to, to the people that, you know, we put music out and hope that they listen to, I, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, if I take it on the very, very base level, um, is that there is a, a, an inherent vulnerability uh, and great risk um, to your self worth when you when you do that, mm-hmm. you know when you put out a record and you're like, yeah, okay, well I'm gonna put it here and we'll see what happens, and either caring or not caring or or you know developing the the coping skills when somebody is like, yeah, well, you know that kind of sucks, you know, yeah. it's like you know the guy in the guy in the Netherlands who's like, yeah, you know I really like that band except for his voice, I'm like eh, you're gonna hate that next record because I'm singing on it because it's got my voice all over you know, it. Well, I'm gonna send you a copy. Um, a special edition. Hey, is this better for you? I don't know. I was... With the compressor on your voice, so it's super loud in the mix. <laughs> yeah. Well, or it's know. just the vocals. It's, so it's not vo- anything else. <laughs> it's isolated vocals. That's awesome. And, and then, like for the music, I'll just be humming <laughs> in the background. Take that, you, you Netherland person. Well, I mean, I don't mind if they if we if we have them over here for like immigration and stuff. <laughs> The, the Dutch and the Nor the Norwegians. <laughs> don't go down that path. Okay. We don't have time today. We don't. We do not have time. And everyone should be welcome. Yes. Because your birth is a lottery. It is. I won a birth lotto. Yeah. Booyah. Me too. <laughs> and I feel like it's not fair for us to discriminate people who genuinely did not win that birth lottery and and still deserve opportunities. Everyone, that is correct. Yeah. Everyone. I agree. So like. That's what this country is about. Everybody. It's about everybody. That's right. It's about everybody. Not just you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so we're on a time limit today. Which song should we listen to? Oh, you already picked it out. Why are you you're, you're acting like this isn't like... I don't want to say the title. Okay. Because I want the listeners to be so happily surprised by the... The title of the song is at the very end. This is mostly an instrumental track. Right. By, um a Baltimore dude named Joe Keys and his late bloomer band. Yep. Um, I had first seen them at the wind-up space a couple months ago when they were doing a show with Angelo Moore from Fishbone. Oh, I did sound for that one. You did sound for that show. That's when I first saw them. And I had heard of them before that, about a year before I had heard this record and then went and saw the show live and um, was reminded of of Joe Keys's um, just great stage presence he mm. works with the young musicians he's a a funk guy you know plays funk music and he's just he's just really fun to watch his band is really cool and it's got kids that are learning in it and he's a mentor towards them and it's just and that they play really well yep. and the songwriting is frequently very very humorous and poignant and this song just was playful and it struck me and I listened to it a lot. And I was listening to it on the drive out here and I was like, this is perfect. But I don't want to say this is perfect. the title of the song because I'm Mel and Jerry. I it, make all the right decisions. It's yeah, right. It's humorous. I'm I, the soul of this podcast. I think you will enjoy it. 
Okay, here we go. Joe Keys and the unnamed song.
So the title of that song is Stink Bug in My Brownie. Oh, it's not Mouse is looking to jump over on the table? Don't jump, Mousy. Here, here's a little toy for you. Wink. Um, he's like, I'm not interested in that toy. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in getting over to that table. With peanut butter and crackers. Um, that was Joe Keys and the Late Bloomer Band and their song, Stink Bug in My Brownie, which if you are not in Maryland, I don't know if they have stink bugs in other states, but like I had never experienced a stink bug in Texas. No. Nope. Don't have those in Texas. We got them over in Dundalk. Yeah. And so... Stink bugs are the like they are going to survive. Their their theme song is I will survive. Because you can smash them, no. you can squish them, you can scold them, you <laughs> Damn can, you, stink bug. You can try to keep them out of your house. It doesn't matter. Mm. They will find a way in. And they will nestle in your in your brownies. They <laughs> nestle in your brownies. Um, the only way that I have found to get rid of them is you have to flush them. Oh, yeah. And you should pee on them first. Whoa, man. To neutralize them. That doesn't neutralize them. It's their kryptonite. <laughs> okay. Trust me, in my loneliness, I've experimented. <laughs> there was an insect inside my house yesterday sitting on the radiator, just like hanging out, getting warm. And I was like, I am almighty. I will kill you. It wasn't a stink bug, though. So I let, yeah. I let it be. You let it be? Yeah. Just was like... It, um, was it a ladybug? Just like the Beatles would do. Oh, yeah. The, those, are they still around, the Beatles? I think they're going to be hits. I feel like they're still around no matter where I go. They are. There are the Beatles. There's um, Peter, Paul, and Ringo. <laughs> There's a really good line from uh, John Nolan who says, uh, it's like robbing Ringo to pay Paul. <laughs> Talking about the music industry. We should feature a Say Zulu song on this podcast. Yeah. yeah or a John Murphy. Nolan song. Cliff Murphy song. Yeah, we should do a Cliff Murphy song. We should do a John Nolan song. Because he has some really, really good ones on that When the Summer Lasted So Long album. Um, so, I liked the song. What did you think? I like the song, too. I mean, funk is not my not my best thing. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, I, I appreciate it for what it is. And I really like, you know, listen to what even... <laughs> What are you doing? I'm I'm funking my shoulders. This is called funking your shoulders. Huh. It's a good way to loosen up your shoulders, man. Man. It kind of reminds me of um that episode of The Simpsons. Where it's the, like you're doing the wave with your shoulders. When the, when the carnies come and live in Homer's house. And, and the, and the, and the, uh, Always with The Simpsons, man. That's a funny episode. Okay, go ahead. But uh, the, the, the spud, the, the son of Cooter. Uh, is able to to uh, disjoint all of his bones and he starts wriggling around. <laughs> That's exactly what you look like. I'll find a picture of it. I'll find a gif of it. Okay. Like, oh my god, I am I'm Spud. I'm Spud. Spud Cherry. It's a fun song. It's a fun it song. It's a fun song. Well, I like I like the bass. I mean, I really enjoy like listening to songs and seeing what the bass is going to do, and then yeah. you know how everything complements each other. Just kind of like I have a hard time with the whole idea of like, oh yeah, man, you got to get in the you got to get in the pocket and then you got to get deep down in the dirt. It's like, ah, okay, you know, thank you. Yeah. You're like, no, I wouldn't, I don't want to be dirty. I'm not, I'm not, you know. I don't I'm, actually want to smell funky. I need you to, I need you to separate funk and spunk for me, please. Gross. <laughs> I wish the word spunk just meant like, she's spunky. Yeah. Doesn't mean that way. It does not. Doesn't mean that anymore. No. Um, so let's talk let's wrap up because unfortunately i have to go do some stuff oh man 
Alan Jerry, woman on the go. Yeah, money. Gotta go work. Um, it's, it's not like exciting work. I she have to go hard for, for money. money. Bun -dum, bun -dum. I'm cleaning up a basement in Federal Hill that's full of mud because of a busted frozen water pipe. And 60 degrees. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. It's 60 degrees. I'll take it. Oh, God. So, Damn. the tour. The tour. Mm -hmm. We are mm -hmm. working on a show in Dallas, possibly a corporate lunch gig, which would be super awesome because of money. Money. Um, we just confirmed a gig at the Assorted Table Wine Shop on at the 7th Street Market on Tuesday, March 20th. We'll be playing probably during their happy hour wine flight. Which is cool, which leaves Monday open. we got to figure out Monday. Okay. And both gotta, Mondays, actually. Both Mondays, yeah. yeah. We've got to figure out St. Lawrence, uh, St. Louis. Yeah. And uh, what's after St. Louis? Tulsa. Tulsa, which does not happen, and I think I should look elsewhere in Oklahoma. Okay. So, sort of disappointing. Um, but where can we find you on the webs? You can find me uh, at uh, junestar.com, J-U-N-E-S-T-A-R.com. And then you could also find me at junestar.bandcamp.com. Um, and you can subscribe to my subscription service. I got another subscriber this week. Booyah! Congratulations. Papa Chow, as the email tells me. Nice. Um, and uh, the, um, yeah, $5 a month gets you everything I ever do, plus uh, a weekly song updated. Um, this year are all the uh, public domain songs, which um, are desperately getting boring to me because they're all 12-bar blues. And, and they're all about killing women who wouldn't marry you. They are all about killing women. Yeah, this guy pushed her uh, in where she would drown. And then he lured, I uh, watched her as she floated down, you know. All because she said no to a marriage proposal. Well, you know, ladies, let me just give you some advice. Laugh more. Laugh more. And when a white male asks you to marry them, you say yes. Yeah. I mean, hello. What higher privilege is there to, than to <laughs> marry a white male? I don't know what shithole country you're used to. Texas. But, yeah. Anyhow, Ellen Cherry, where would we find you if we were, you know, looking for the worth of, uh, you know, uh, body parts? <laughs> you would. I have an inventory on my body parts page. How much all of my body parts are worth at sale or for exhibit um, at ellencherry.com. E L L E N T H E R R Y dot com. Um, and then you can go to ellencherry.bandcamp.com and I've been formulating um, my next subscription song as well. Oh, yeah? As well as my next um, audio essay because I've been doing audio essays for um, centered around that car wreck and I'm working on that too. Letting go of stuff. Oh. The theme is letting go. You gotta let go, girl. Detachment. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you have to, you have to learn how to fly. You gotta flap those wings. Yeah. Because you know. I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. I, I know. Who's saying, who's saying that? Was that Kanye West who said that? No, it was R. Kelly. Who's that? He's a pitcher. Oh. I don't know what that means. <laughs> he's internet famous for something really gross. Huh? And also famous for the fact that he's a good RB and voice. But let's not talk about him too much. Um, it was super fun to do this podcast today. Don't we call him Aunt Kelly now? No. Okay, Maybe. anyhow. Yes. It was super fun. I had the time of my life. I laughed. I cried. I had the time of my life. I was just dirty dancing. So the zibba 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 do. Okay, Anthony Kiedis is singing it. <laughs> That's your Bob Dylan doing Anthony Kiedis. Yep. <laughs> give it away, give it away, give, give it away, away now. <laughs>
Give it away. Rip give it away. Skittledum, skittledum, That's what this podcast should be is to us Just like trying to do. <laughs> trying to do ridiculous mashup voices. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. No. Oh, well, what are you going to do? No. I don't know. Just do the work. I got peanut butter on the roof of my mouth. <laughs> roof. Roof of my mouth. So. so, friends, thanks for listening all the way to the end. We'll yep. see you next week. Next week, man. See ya. Later. Bye. I have to pee. <laughs>